Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. It is election eve, and I wonder what we're going to talk about today. Now, one of the things that I typically do on election eve is I give you a final pitch. You can do a couple of things throughout the entire show. Doesn't really matter what I'm talking about. You can make a final pitch for a candidate that you like. You can ask any questions about some of the races. I'm, I'm going to ask you politely, as as always, we, I don't know why I'm enunciating the way I'm doing that. That's a weird Monday thing, I guess. Because there's so much area that my show covers, sometimes it is not going to be possible for me to go out there and tell you who to vote for in the third district running for sewer cleaner in like Laporte area two. Okay. It's going to be hard for me to do stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so just keep that in mind, please. You know, if you're going to be asking for details and stuff, kind of make it one of the races that you think that I would be typically somewhat familiar with. And if it's not, um, you know, that I, I could probably, maybe steer you towards a place, but I'll just give you right off the get-go, Ballotpedia is a great place for you to start. They have sample ballots. They have explanations of any ballot initiatives for you Michigan folks. You'll have that. Um, and there's there's a lot of things for you to, to do on there with research and things of that nature on what's actually happening in the candidates and, and that sort of stuff. Ballotpedia is a very good place. It's like Wikipedia, but with ballots. See, Ballotpedia. That's, but they're a good source. I, I like them. I've been using them for years. So just something to keep keep in mind as you're going through all of this stuff. But uh, we'll give you all the basics and everything else, all of the details and all of that will be happening here in a little bit. But first, I just wanted to start off by saying that uh, while I am back on Twitter, and if you want to follow me, if you happen to venture back on Twitter, that'd be great. I'm not telling anybody to go back to Twitter or anything like that. Twitter's still not going to be my primary. It never was my primary. It probably never will be my primary. Um Truth Social is, if you're on Truth Social, I enjoy it quite a bit. The engagement is great. I think that the platform is good. It's not the Wild West. It's, uh, you know, there aren't people posting tons of random weird things on there. It's mostly news news driven, and I enjoy it. Truth Social has been great. If, you on, if you're on Truth Social, follow me at Casey the Host. But nonetheless, we have a new owner at Twitter. And Elon Musk has made a lot of changes with Twitter. And there's some things that people are looking at. And, you know, you're looking at that and you're going, ah, I'm not so sure. Not so sure if I like what he's doing. And I have a couple of those things, too. But, look, it's Elon Musk. You're not going to be happy with everything that he does. You're not going to be happy with what anybody does. I'm not happy with everything over on Getter. I'm not happy with everything over on Truth Social. But you're, you're never going to be. But do I think that Elon Musk has made Twitter much better? Yes. Not even a doubt in my mind. The dude banned Kathy Griffin. And most of you are going, who? That sounds familiar, but I don't know who that is. She used to be a very popular comedian back in the day. She was on news radio and everything else. And then she decided to, I don't know, have too much uh, acid and she lost her mind. She's the one that uh, did the photo shoot where she chopped off President Trump's head. And then she subsequently got butt hurt when people did similar things about anybody else that she liked and supported. So just keep that in mind. Well, anyway, she decided to change her profile to pretend to be Elon Musk and tweet out a bunch of stuff insulting Elon Musk as if she were him, which is a violation of Twitter's policies because Twitter has not changed any of their content moderation policies. 
that's another important distinction, I think, when you're talking about this, is that the content moderation policies of Twitter were not that bad. It was the enforcement that was bad. The content moderation really isn't horrible as far as the policy is concerned. It's not great, but it's not horrible. The problem is that they were enforcing a policy that didn't exist while pretending it was policy. And they gave themselves enough vagueness in the policy to be able to do that in a biased and very partisan way, which is what they did. Elon is fixing that. So left-wing people would do stuff that would get right-wing people banned, like pretend to be other people. But they always got away with it. So Kathy Griffin was thinking that she was going to get away with it. So she got she got banned. So just so we're clear, Kathy Griffin, trust me, I'm going someplace with this. I, it's, you're not listening to the Kathy Griffin hour, I promise. But Kathy Griffin, she got banned from Twitter or indefinitely suspended from Twitter because she was impersonating another person. That is the whole reason for the blue check marks anyway. People of note who might be, um, you know, have fake accounts or anything like that out there. That was the whole point of the blue check mark, okay? It was you knew who was legitimate and who was, you know, not. So Kathy Griffin pretends to be Elon Musk. She has the blue check mark. So theoretically, some people could be fooled by that. So she got suspended indefinitely because she violated Twitter's policy by pretending to be somebody else. And what was her defense of herself? to log on to Twitter again after she was suspended with her dead mother's Twitter account. So she got suspended from Twitter for pretending to be somebody else, and then her response to that was to pretend to be somebody else, and then eventually admitted it was her. And, of course, now she's she's been, she's been banned. Uh, Ethan Klein, who just like a week or so ago uh, fantasized about Ben Shapiro, a little bit more than that, two weeks ago, fantasized about Ben Shapiro being the first Jew to be gassed in the new Holocaust. He's been banned. Elon Musk uh, tweeted this out. This is just today. To independent-minded voters, shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democratic. Hardcore Democrats or Republicans never vote for the other side. So independent voters are the ones who actually decide who's in charge. Yeah. You know, this used to be the national unspoken policy. This is what Americans have done. This is why we have the same patterns in our elections going back decades. When the Democrat is in the White House, you give Congress to the Republicans and vice versa. This is why, after a presidential election, you switch parties with Congress. It's one of the things that we have always done, because Americans instinctively are, well, used to be, very skeptical of authority. Because authority typically doesn't have your best interests in mind. And by authority, I don't mean just normal authority. I mean governmental authority. You know you know what I'm talking about. But there's always going to be somebody out there that's like, oh, he's telling everybody to rebel against their teachers and whatnot. So this has always been something that Americans have done. We like a balance of power. We don't want to give either side too much power. So even people who are Republicans or Democrats would still vote for the other party just to keep whoever was in the White House in check. And now we're kind of not 
at that point yet. It's a little bit more partisan than it used to be, but that used to be just something that people would do. But we also used to have two political parties that were, frankly, worth voting for much of the time. Not all the time, not even most of the time, much of the time. And we don't have that anymore. We've got one party that has repeatedly failed its base, and we're hoping that the base is having enough influence over the past several election cycles to fix that. And you have another party that basically committed suicide and kicked out every reasonable person who's ever existed in it and has allowed itself to be taken over by radicals and extremists. That's where we're at. And that's why people are becoming repeatedly, not repeatedly, um, increasingly disenfranchised with the political process. So now you got Elon Musk going out there and saying that. And guess what? The left is freaking out. Not the right. It's funny. The political right is like, yeah, okay. The left is the ones who are absolutely freaking out. They're having a conniption fit and a temper tantrum on Twitter. It's hysterical. And even if you have just like a burner Twitter account, you want to spend just a you know a couple of minutes on Twitter watching this, I'm telling you, it's great. It's great entertainment. Just follow whatever Elon Musk is doing because he is trying, okay? And is he going to have missteps? Absolutely. But nonetheless, he's trying. People who do things egregiously wrong on the left are getting suspended. People who lie, including Joe Biden, people who lie in their posts are getting fact-checked. That has never happened to the left before. And they don't know how to deal with it. And they're having the, well, the same reaction, but a little bit more crybaby-ish, as Republicans and conservatives have been having for over a decade. I just shared a, a post uh, over the weekend. It was from 12 years ago about censorship on social media. 12 years ago. This is not a new issue. This is an issue we've been dealing with for a very, very long time. And frankly, it has to be dealt with. Uh, you got uh, Devin Nunes, who's the CEO of Truth Social. He praised Elon Musk and how he's taken over Twitter and how he's handling Twitter so far. So this is this is at least a step in the right direction. I mean, everybody's going to have the the platform that they prefer. Um, I've never preferred Twitter. I just I don't I don't get a lot of the way that Twitter does things. But you know, the people that are in my business predominantly are on Twitter. They're just not predominantly on Facebook. So having access to Twitter has always been kind of important professionally, but I stopped participating in it the last time with the verified account because there was some child uh, pedophilia type stuff that was being allowed on the platform. And it had been reported and they said, well, we don't care about this pedophilia, pedophilia stuff, so we're going to let it go. And this is before the school debate even started happening. So I was like, I'm not going to hang out here. This this is not okay. I kept a burner account just so I could read tweets and things like that uh, for breaking news events. But that was really about it. I didn't didn't stay active with it, didn't do much with it. Occasionally, um, I would post something, but very, 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 very rare. So now I'm officially back on Twitter. I'm, I'm feeding um, some of the podcasts and stuff like that over there. If you're there, at Casey the Host, uh, which is the original handle of the big Twitter account that I had before I got banned the first time. But it's been very interesting, nonetheless. All right, so we got a bunch of election stuff. Once again, I want to remind everybody, the phone number 574-2595-953. That's 574-2595-953. You can call about anything. Um, it's really not an open lines thing, but anything dealing with the election. So if you have a last-minute pitch for a candidate, let's do it. If you have a question about a race or something like that, bless you, you can call about that. I will do my best to help you. 
so this is just one of those. I'm not going to give you endorsements or anything like that. I used to do that stuff. I don't really do that. I very rarely endorse anybody nowadays. But if you you know are interested in my opinion about something, I'll probably give it to you if you ask. 574-2595-953. That's 2595-953. Uh, we'll take those phone calls, give you some election primers and stuff like that for those of you going to go vote tomorrow. You know, the people who did it the right way and didn't scam themselves by voting early. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, I got a text message. It's funny because some people had asked me for an endorsement before. I never really got back to them. And um, I, I want to make this stance pretty clear. I figured it was, but, but I want to make it crystal clear anyway. So we, the parents of Berrien County, had, had kind of sent me a message like, well, did we get your endorsement or not? I know you said you weren't really going to do them. And here's the thing. I am for anybody running for school board right now that opposes pornography in the classroom and opposes critical race theory being taught to your kids. They have my endorsement. I don't, at this point, I don't really care who they are. It's, that's, that's pretty much a blanket endorsement. So in case you were curious or confused about that, there you go. Uh, that's pretty much it. If you are opposed to pornography and critical race theory being shown to children in our classrooms, then you have my endorsement. All right, uh, is it Donna? Hello. Hello? Hello, is this Donna? It is. Hi, Casey. Hi there. What's on your mind? Oh, my. You are just such a ray of light to me. You just stop saying the things, start saying the things that I'm uh, always telling about. Stop the pornography in the classroom, no CRT, and I don't know if you mentioned the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates, but they've all just got to go. Yeah. We've got to stop taking our children and putting them in positions where they don't belong at all. Yeah. So I'm just calling. Uh, I'm in the LaPorte uh, County area. Mm-hmm. So uh, vote. Everybody vote. Vote for your school board people and know who you're voting for and know what they're representing. And uh, so LaPorte County, we just recently had a uh, policy that was put forth through the new Carlisle schools that uh, the parents have got their eyes opened. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so we're just hoping that everybody turns out tomorrow. I just thank you again for all the work that you've done to bring light to these these dark places. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You. I do appreciate it. And thank you for listening. I couldn't do it without you guys. Oh, wait. One one more thing, Casey. i yeah. got to give out my shout to the people running tomorrow okay. uh, for LaPorte School Board. Uh, Crystal, Crystal Pinkerton, mm-hmm. Larry Pinkerton. They're not married, uh, but they're, they're not a couple. And also um, Jennifer Farley. Those people are standing up for the parental rights and supporting uh, all these things that are going to take our children back to learning academics, reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> there you go. All right, Donna. Appreciate it. Thank Best of luck. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. And and I want to remind everybody, too, when you go vote, if you're going to do a down ballot thing, okay, so if down ballot is basically just vote for all Democrats, vote for all Republicans, if you just tick that and walk away, you're not going to be voting in any of the nonpartisan races. And most of the school board races are, are not, I think every one of them, actually, on both sides of the border are nonpartisan races. So you have to actually go down and vote for those nonpartisan races manually. 
you can't do a down ballot and have any of those count. So it'll effectively be a vote for the incumbent if you do that, which is fine if you're for keeping all of the incumbents. But you must remember, you have to manually and individually vote for the nonpartisan races on your ballot. You can't just vote down ballot and have it mark those things, okay? All right, 574-2595-953. Andy, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey, thanks for taking my call. Just have a real quick question. I, I wanted to pick your brain on, so, okay, let's say, I mean, looking going forward here, we've, we've pretty much sealed the House. I, I'm not going to go guarantee it, but it looks pretty good. The Senate, everybody's still on the fence for, I believe we're, we're going to get the, the Senate. However, my question is this. What are the Republicans going to do? And I heard, I heard a little bit this morning on Fox, and but no, hardly anybody else. And if you've talked about it or said it, I apologize. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, I just want to know, what do the Republicans plan to do going forward for the next couple of years so that way when we get to the presidential election, the Democrats can't run on, well, the Republicans wouldn't let us do anything, and uh, they, they refuse to – pass bills and they refuse to work with us and blah 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 because it seems like the republicans don't have a message problem they have a messaging problem and how are they going to convey that to the american people like hey listen we're here we're just stopping this guy from doing any more damage we can't get anything done because he's in a different party and he's not going to work with us how do they say that so that's actually a really good question now if republicans take both houses right what they can do is they can pass legislation left and right and send it to Biden's desk, and he's going to have to veto it. And so they'll be on record as passing legislation. He'll be on record as vetoing legislation or, you know, getting it through or what have you. Whereas, um, you know, under, well, going back to Obama, going back to Bush, even under Trump a little bit, what you had is one house was passing legislation yep. and the other house was stopping it. So if Republicans take over yes. both... They will be able to pass legislation, and if the margins look like they're looking right now, you won't have the ability to have one or two Republicans who are rogue stopping that legislation from being passed like we had under Trump. Uh, so now, potentially, you could have a couple of votes of a buffer if it goes the way that a lot of these models are showing for the Senate, where they're going to get it out, and they're going to be able to send it to the president's desk, and it's up to him if he's going to sign that thing. The other thing you're going to have is you're going to have investigations in the House side, lots and lots of investigations, uh, and that's going to be front and center in the news for quite quite a bit. Make sense? I I completely I, I completely agree with you on that. And then on on the first part, so how how do the the do the Republicans get that message out to the American people? And do you think that they're prepared to do that and saying, hey, look, you know, behind the scenes, I know you're going to see it on every media outlet that's out there that's that's in the pocket of the Democratic Party. They're going to play this like, woe is us. We can't do sure. anything. They won't work with their well, evil Republicans. I do you know think. What I mean? Yeah, I, so I do think I, that the Republicans are getting better at messaging. Um, I think part of that is is it's going to need a leadership change, which I don't anticipate. But what I can say is that McCarthy is kind of being pushed to be a little bit more aggressive. And so he's getting more aggressive in the House side. In the Senate side, you've got McConnell there. McConnell won't talk. He won't say anything. So it's going to take actual individuals 
who are members of Congress in both houses to go out there and, and do that messaging. The good news is, is that they've had more people willing to do that in recent years. And if some of the individuals who are running right now do get in, you're going to have more of them. So even if there isn't a cohesive RNC or, you know, Senate or House messaging coming from the leadership, you're going to have it from individual members of each house. So I think that that's going to get better. It's been historically very, very bad. Uh, but we got a lot of younger people in there who are willing to push this and fight and take on the media and that sort of thing. So I would anticipate that the messaging will be better than it has been under like Boehner or somebody like that when they were in leadership. That's my that's my assumption, oh, but only time is going to tell. You know what I mean? All right, Andy, great questions. Appreciate the call. Uh, got to go ahead and uh, get a little bit of a news break in here so you guys can catch up on the latest news. And again, this is your final pitch. You know, day before the election, give us a call. Uh, mention um, any candidates that you're interested in or ask any questions you want about the election. It's not open lines, but it is kind of open lines about the election itself tomorrow. And uh, we'll be paying a lot of bills today. I just want you to know I am loaded with live reads. Okay, so don't get mad at me for all the live reads that I'm going to heap upon you starting in the next segment. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, MNC News Time is 3.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. And I got to tell you, um, I'm going to desperately need my pillow tonight to uh, get all energized for tomorrow. Got a long day tomorrow. Many of you got a long day tomorrow, too, particularly if you are a candidate or on a, a campaign or if you're a poll worker. Long day ahead of us. So I'm going to be sleeping nice on my my pillow. Pillow. That wasn't redundant, but it sounded like it was. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and get yourself your very own MyPillow right now. They are on sale. Use promo code Casey to get that discount on your MyPillow. You can even get travel pillows, Bible story pillows, and everything else, but you might as well have some really, really nice sheets as well. The biggest ever Giza Dream Sheet sale is happening right now at MyPillow.com. You can get Giza Dream Sheets made with authentic Giza cotton, the softest cotton in the world, super breathable, super soft. You can get them for as low as thirty—excuse me, $29.99. You've never seen Giza cotton pillows or sheets that cheap before. Go to MyPillow.com, go to the radio listener specials, buy your products using promo code Casey, C-A-S-E-Y. All right, to the phone lines we go. Brian, how are you doing? Good, Casey. How are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. I'm running for school board, uh, Goshen uh, Community School School Board at Large in Goshen. So, Brian Kreider, um, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Glad uh, you called in. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, and, and, and thanks for your endorsement. I, I meet meet your blanket endorsement, so uh, we got that uh, going for us. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so tell people about yourself. We'll do we'll do a quick little interview here before we move on. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, local local guy, um, uh, one of the uh, uh, the few candidates uh, that uh, in Goshen that actually have four kids in the school school system right now. 
Um, one of the uh, candidates uh, actually uh, talking about issues, which is kind of nice. Uh, but I was born and raised in, in this area. I'm a founder of Bensoft Pretzels. Uh, uh, so I'm uh, deeply rooted here in the community, uh, not only in Elkhart County and Goshen, uh, where I'm running for school board, but uh, across uh, uh, Indiana. And uh, we've grown our business to 15 states uh, and uh, more than 150 locations. So a businessman through and through, but uh, our roots are here in Elkhart County. Now, I suppose the bigger question here, Brian, is why do you not sponsor this show knowing how much I love your product? So we've, you know, that's kind of funny, Casey, and that's, uh, we've, we, I, I remember in the past, in, in past lives with uh, the Tea Party movement in the, the past, uh, we've had these conversations, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's a good question. That'll be on another, another conversation we'll have, <laughs> uh, but uh, All right. uh, make yeah, I don't want to make it about endorsements. I don't want to take your time. It's just you, you, you know how much I love. In fact, I think you sent me a message the other day, too, about coming on, didn't you? We never set a time. Yeah, you, you know, I, 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 we did, but uh, 335, is, uh, I just knew I wanted to be the first one on uh, gotcha. the, to talk about some of the, the, the things going on here in Goshen. Which, All right. Uh, it's, it's, so why don't, a mess. Uh, sorry, Brian, I don't mean to cut you off. Why don't you give me like three things that are wrong with Goshen schools right now and what you would do to help solve those problems? Yeah, no, thanks, Casey. Appreciate it. So, number one, um, our biggest thing right now is we are losing students. Between 2020 and 2022, we've lost 258 students. Um, that's our biggest problem right now. Almost $3 million in funding from the state has been cut now from, from Goshen because we've lost those students. Nobody is talking about that. What we need to do is we need people on our school board, like myself, a business-minded person that can help bring back students they're not just going to, to homeschooling. They're not just going to private schools. They are leaving for schools around Elkhart County because they're tired of Goshen's uh, issues that we're having. Um, we're having social issues inside our schools. We're having uh, CRT movements in our schools. We need to change that um, right away. Second biggest problem, Casey, that we're having is teachers are not happy. They're leaving. It's not all about money in the Goshen school systems. It's about the culture that we have in our schools. We need to change that. It starts with the board. One of the things that the board we, we don't do as a board is we have a couple uh, school board members that are doing a phenomenal job, but the rest are just not doing what they need to do as school board members. And I'm tired of it as a father. Um, I think, again, we need people that are able to um, get out there and work with um, the community. Private and public partnerships now are, are more needed than ever. And um, our school board, I don't think, has it in them. Uh, and then the third thing is, uh, uh, our ability to work with state legislatures, uh, you know, Joanna King and Blake Dorio, and, and uh, we need our, our school boards. I mean, school boards don't make legislation. They follow it. So we need people like myself that can go down to, to Indiana, to the state house, and that can and help, help get laws changed, to, to help get laws written that are pro-public schools. And that's what we need. And we don't have the people in the Goshen School Board that are able to do that. Um, we have people on the Goshen School Board right now, Casey, that are um, battling. We, we have, you know, what we're fighting right now, Casey, in this election. What's that? We are fighting. Uh, we are fighting a, a sitting school board member that is is basically taking money from people, combining it, which is against election laws, and and putting out um, uh, postcards that are, um, are are just bashing other candidates and, uh, and then these other candidates bashing this postcard. They're not talking about issues in our schools. 
these candidates are, are talking about a postcard, and, and uh, it, it's just an absolute nightmare here in Goshen. We need candidates like myself that are talking about issues that have a, a, a nice, calm, cool, and collective way that are able to listen but then take action. And that's what, that's what we need here in Goshen, not this back-and-forth crap from the left and the right, um, far left, far right stuff. We need somebody that is willing to, 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 to get in there from a business standpoint that's not afraid to use their mouth, their talents, to, to, to just kick some major butt when it comes to public schools. All right. How can people learn more about your campaign? Hey, go to briankreider.com. That's K-R-I-D-E-R, briankreider.com. I'm the pretzel guy, Ben Soft Pretzels. Um, family of four, and um, can find me on Facebook and vote for, for Brian Kreider, uh, Goshen School Board at Large tomorrow. All right, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you for calling in. Good luck. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate right. you. You bet. All right. We got uh, more phone calls coming up. We'll have a guest here at 4 o'clock, so we'll take a brief pause in between taking phone calls about this. It's our uh, final day before the election. You know how we do it. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I just had a question come through the live stream on retention of judges on uh, Paul Mathias and Nancy Vidic. Uh, the my recommendation is no, do not retain them. That is my recommendation uh, based on trans issues. But uh, again, we went over that a little bit earlier in the week. Maybe well, not really because today's Monday. Today's Monday. Last week we went over that last week. Uh, but yes, my recommendation is to vote no to retaining both of those judges. Okay. Uh, I did more details last week, but I don't know exactly which day I did it. Uh, what else do we have here? Let's see. Lee, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi. Hey, this is Lee. What's up, bud? Okay. Uh, tomorrow, we're voting in Michigan on down ballot, three ballot proposals. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the ones that I really have a problem with is ballot initiative three for the abortion rights. But it goes further than just abortion rights. It states that any individual, regardless of age, can ask for an abortion or to be sterilized. Right. So that is what is really bothering me is that a youngster pre-puberty could be coerced into sterilization, boy or girl. Mm -hmm. And that really upsets me. So I'm requesting, I'm going to vote no on ballot initiative three here in Michigan. And I do it on that basis that it should not state any individual and it should not include sterilization. All right. Hey, man. Appreciate it. All right. Best of luck. Thank you. You bet. Yeah, I got the three ballot measures that we'll, uh, we'll go over a little bit more detail because one of them is real deceptive. And we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, ben Dallas, what's up, man? How you doing? 
Hey, doing good, Casey. So, um, you know me. I'm all about the school board election. Yeah. That's my primary focus mm-hmm. because uh, that's what I feel that I can affect at the local level. So I've been out knocking on doors with them, making videos you've seen. And um, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to – I wish we would have had the, um, the Beastie Boys intro, by the way. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make the case for um, six candidates, the ones I don't like and the ones I like. Okay, so you have, you have the ones that I like, the BAM candidates. That's Brian Jones, Andy Rutten, okay, Matt Chaffee. Those are the ones that I like. So if you're a parent, okay, and if you want your voice to be heard at a school board meeting, you vote for BAM, okay? If you, if you want pornography out of your kids' reading books and curriculum, you vote for BAM, okay? If you don't think it's okay that your student, your 12-year-old child, sees their teacher naked on social media performing suggestive acts, things I can't even say on this program, mm-hmm. if you don't think that's okay, you vote for BAM, Okay. Mm-hmm. If you if you, if you want to get back to the basics, focus on education. You have to vote for Bam, Brian, Andy, and Matt. That's who you vote for. Now, on the other side of the tracks, okay, we have some rather progressive leaning candidates. Okay, so I call them RTS: Riley, Turnwald, and Sullivan. Okay, if RTS. So if you're for if you if you're a parent and you want to be just brushed off, ignored, and talked down to at a school board meeting. You vote for Chris Riley. You vote for Dana Sullivan. You vote for James Turnwald. That's who you vote for. Okay, if you if you if you like your twelve year old, your thirteen year old seeing pornography in their curriculum, well that's who you vote for because they voted to keep it intact. In fact, not only do they want to keep it there, they want to deny it even exists in the first place. Right. So that's who you vote for. Okay, if you if you if you're a big fan of Joe Biden's equity. His, his his equity agenda. If you're a big fan of that, you vote for RTS. That's who you vote for. Riley Turnwald and Sullivan. It's very it's simple, and they're and it's not my opinion. It's their voting record. Look at their voting record, and it's right there. And by the way, that's for Penn Harris Madison School District. What I you, didn't say that, but for it's for the Penn Harris Madison School District. What What do you they, think the um? Sorry to interrupt. What do you think the odds are though, Ben? I mean, it's for, what? It, it, for for these guys winning. I mean, it maybe, maybe not all three, but maybe you know some of them. I I don't. It seems like they have a lot of momentum on their side. Right, we do. I think the odds are in our favor. Um, you can tell just by the desperate acts of their supporters, right? So you don't see them knocking on doors. You don't see them going out and talking to people. Okay, what you see is them trying to harass. Bam supporters online, and it's hilarious to watch. It's kind of funny, and it's pretty sad at the same time because we're busy reaching out to people. We're busy talking to people. That's what we're doing. But these folks, they're just online. That's it. Um, they, they, you can tell just by driving around the school district, they're not knocking on doors. I mean, they do have ads, right? So yeah. Riley, yeah. Um, he put a lot of money into his campaign. He's got a lot of ads on Facebook. But they're cheesy, stupid videos that nobody wants to see, anyway. <laughs> what, what I think, and I actually I did a few spoofs of some of those videos. Yeah, I know, way, so. I know you did. Well, okay. So I mean, like, it, yeah. this is going to be this is going to be interesting because I know you've been involved in the the PHM battle for quite some time. It'll be very, very interesting to see how this all turns out. Um, but you know, all we can do is is uh, wish everybody good luck, and we'll know hopefully tomorrow. Right. There you so go. I'll be out work. I'll be I'll be out um, 
passing out on palm cards tomorrow. There you go. One of the polling locations. If you don't like me, come see me. If you like me, come see me. Either way, it's good material. There you go. All right, Ben. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. Best of Thank luck. Thank you. All right, take care. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been real interesting to to watch some of these some of these races. You know, it's it's been. Like I said, we have radio commercials for school board candidates. I'm just blown away by that. I've been doing this for over 17 years. Just never seen it. You know, it's it's very very strange that school board candidates are basically competing as if it were some kind of a really contentious legislative race. But at the same point, I think it's a good thing too because we've needed that desperately for quite some time in our election system because it's an extremely important position and it's often overlooked. Uh, and you know, it's, some of these races are very difficult to learn about anybody, but that has changed with school boards. So there's no doubt about that. Uh, all right, what do we got here? Uh, one of the things that I do love about the NFL and betting on it with FanDuel is that you got player props, you got game props. There's always new ones that are floating around that I really like. You can combine those things, and you can combine them with other bets from the same game. You actually get a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Uh, for example, for today's matchup, Lamar Jackson over passing yards, Mark Andrews to score an anytime touchdown, and Alvin Kamara over rushing yards. But you can build your parlay however you want, or you can select one of the pre-made same-game parlays that are there available for you in the FanDuel app. Plus, you've got live betting, so you can easily place a bet fast during a game if you see a trend that you like. And there's no feeling like hitting the same-game parlay. It gives you tremendous bragging rights with your buddies. Right now, new customers get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code Casey. That is promo code Casey. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or over and present in Indiana. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. There is still a ton to go over today. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer is big time lying. We will fact check the snot out of her in a little bit. We're going to have a guest joining us here in just a few minutes. And uh, that is going to be Carl Baxmeyer. Again, he's running for county commissioner. So he'll be joining us here, and I think he's officially my last interviewed guest candidate before the elections, I think officially. But I don't know. It's entirely possible that I scheduled somebody and forgot about it. Let's let's be honest. I've been terrible at remembering all of these things this entire election cycle because I've been overwhelmed. Uh, but we got lots of other election stuff, including a national outlook on how things are. Uh, lots of new polls came out over the weekend. So what do they say now? And Real Clear Politics has updated its projection for the Senate. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Republicans? We'll talk about that all on today's show. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City. Go to rbcarcompany.com, your used car experts. All right, joining us on the line right now is Carl Baxmeyer. Carl, how are you doing, man? 
I'm doing well, Casey. How are you? I am hanging in there. Now, Carl is running for St. Joseph County Board of Commissioners, and but you've been on the Board of Commissioners for a few months now, haven't you? I have. I was uh, caucused in as uh, a board member to fulfill the, the remaining term of Andy Castelny and took office uh, the 1st of September. And so you've been you know, finishing that term, and now you're running for your first full term on the commission. So how has the experience of being on the commission been? What are some of the things you've been doing? Oh, it's been a real privilege. Um, we've had several key things come up before the Board of Commissioners uh, and the Council that I got to vote on, uh, you know, economic development. Of course, we had the Project Honeysuckle uh, plan for the uh, solar farm out near New Carlisle, as well as the big one that we're all waiting to hear the final word on, mm -hmm. which is the Ultium Cells, the uh, electric vehicle battery plant that uh, may come to our area and would have a tremendous impact on uh, growth and development and, and everybody in St. Joe County. Um, we've also been working on delivering services. We've got a plan to update and renovate our highway garages. Uh, we're beginning a process to add a garage on Anderson Road in Harris Township, as well as cleaning up and removing the old Granger garage on Cleveland um, near the Judy Creek Golf Course. Uh, so all of those will help us deliver county services. And then finally, I've been working with the park board uh, to uh, have a new county park in Harris Township. Uh, that's in conjunction with the uh, proposed new highway garage, and uh, that would be a great impact uh, in Harris Township, our biggest growing population center, and uh, enable us to connect with the trail network. And then finally, um, transferring ownership of Clay Park. Uh, a lot of people don't know that in Clay Township, the park is actually on property owned by the county, and uh, something I was asked to take a look at uh, if I ever had the opportunity, uh, was to transfer ownership from the uh, county to the township uh, to make sure that it's preserved uh, as a park. Heck, my kids, uh, my two boys played baseball there. Uh, so I've got, we've had family events there and, and other things. So I certainly want to see Clay Park uh, preserved for future generations. Yeah, so kind of, ex a, could you explain, exciting time. could you explain, Carl, the, the Clay park thing because i've seen a couple of things floating around online somebody you wanted to tear the park down or something like that but explain what this transfer would do because you said it would preserve the park by transferring it to the township from the county can you explain that so people understand sure i'd be glad to um there's actually two things one is to transfer the ownership but next door to that also on county property is healthwind uh, the rehabilitation hospital mm -hmm. Uh, some time ago, uh, the county commissioners, at the request of the county council, started a study to uh, see, could we maybe have some of the f functions from Portage Manor uh, move to Healthwind? Is that feasible? We have not received the uh, report yet. We don't know if it's feasible. But we've gone ahead with transferring ownership of the park so that there's absolutely no question uh, that future generation, future boards of commissioners might not say, you know, we could use that property. Let's take the park down. Why they would do that, I don't know. But by transferring ownership of the park to the township from the county, that ensures that the township and its residents will have complete control over that and, and be able to decide what, how the park should develop and what, what it will look like uh, for years to come.
Okay, so really it's just kind of like a, a bit of a last-minute attack against you and your campaign? Yeah, it really is. So, you know, okay. it's the crazy season and, and politics. Yeah. Uh, October will October, you know, unfortunately, right? Unfortunately, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Get in there, and, and uh, truth sometimes uh, takes a back seat to what's actually really happening. And again, we're talking with Carl Baxmeyer, and Carl Baxmeyer is finishing Andy Castilny's, um term because he's he stepped down. He's retired. And you're officially running for your first full term on the St. Joseph County Board of Commissioners. What are some of the things that you've seen with the commission that, you know, maybe has troubled you or you want to fix or or improve in any way in your short time on the commission? Well, one of the things is uh, visibility and accessibility uh, to the county commissioners meetings. You know, we meet at 10 o'clock on Tuesdays and uh, that's not a real convenient time for uh, every for people to be able to either attend in person or online. Uh, so one of the things that I'm going to try to try to do and uh, was not yet successful, but I sure hope to be when I'm if when and if I'm re-elected, um, and that is to have at least one of the meetings in the evening. Um, will that help? I'd like to think it would make the uh, meetings more accessible and. Um, I think that's an important thing is to have that transparency, that accessibility, uh, so people can see what's going on uh, with their county commissioners. You mentioned that you've been unsuccessful in getting that done in, again, short time on the commission. But what has been the resistance to changing the meeting time to a point where it would be more accessible to most of the population? You know, some people can go at 10 o'clock, but it's mostly going to be retirees and that sort of thing. So what has been the resistance to moving it to a time where your average citizen would be able to attend? Well, one of the commissioners uh, has been resisting that. Uh, I don't really understand why, other than I think it's just politics. He doesn't want to see Carl Baxmeyer have a a success uh, in that area. And um, so I think that's been the biggest biggest hurdle, Um, again, it's the political season, and um, you know, would would you say Carl going to do and say what they want to do to right. to foster their own political agenda? Would and, you uh, say that some of the backlash that has happened to some of the city councils and the school boards and things like that? Would you say that maybe that's kind of played into it that people don't want? Maybe some politicians don't want people to show up to these meetings because they don't want to be challenged and uh, have people you know voicing concerns and things like that. Is that a possibility? Sure. It's a possibility. I'm not certain that it's in this case. Okay. Uh, But yes, I I can see that. Okay. Uh, Anything else that you would like to get accomplished? Should you win this election slash re-election for for the seat that you're you're using? You're not using, but you're in right now. What are some of the things (laughs) you want to do? Sorry, bad phraseology there on a Monday. But what would you um you know what would you like to be doing you know going forward with your first full term on the commission? Well, I think the biggest thing I would like to accomplish is to play a role and a part in, in getting the county comprehensive plan um, adopted. Um, we heard a lot about, uh, you know, lack of having that uh, as some of these proposals were made with Project Honeysuckle and Ultium Cells. Um, really, a, a good comprehensive plan that lays a pathway forward uh, and talks about especially how do you implement it? I think that's one of the biggest problems with plans is uh, 
we talk about it, but <laughs> it yeah. doesn't just do any good sitting on a bookshelf. You've got sure. to implement it, and I think that's something that I'd like to really accomplish uh, going forward. All right, Carl Baxmeyer, how can people learn more about your campaign and learn more about your time in the commission? Well, it's just a little bit left, but a couple of things. One, they can go to BaxmeyerForCommissioner.com, which is our website. And uh, the other is to, to go and look at the Vote 411 Center responses that uh, the candidates had the opportunity to respond to questions and and see where each of us stand on, on various questions. So I think those are, you know, obviously I'm biased towards one, but I think those are two great resources for people at, here at the 11th hour to take a look and and see how we stack up. All right. I appreciate your time today, man. Thank you very much. Best of luck in the campaign. Thank you, Casey. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Uh, Carl Baxmeyer again, running for uh, re-election in the St. Joseph County Board of Commissioners and vote411.org, by the way. Uh, When you go there, it's a good resource. I always refer people to Ballotpedia first, but uh, Vote411, what they do have is that Ballotpedia doesn't have is a questionnaire. And if you have candidates who fill out that questionnaire, it can be very helpful for a voter. So if you go to Vote411.org, you can go ahead and search for those candidates. Uh, Baxmeyer says that he's on there. He did a questionnaire as well. Uh, His website is Baxmeyer4Commissioner.com. That is the number for Baxmeyer4Commissioner.com. And I will put it in the daily show prep today just so you have it going forward. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Now, don't forget to get your balance of nature. Uh, eating vegetables sucks because most of them taste like garbage. So do yourself a favor. Get vegetables that are high quality but have been flash frozen and ground up, put into a capsule so you can swallow them without having to worry about the horrible, awful taste of vegetables try to leave in your mouth. You'll still get the vitamins and the nutrients and the minerals and improve your immune system and your energy levels and tons of other general wellness benefits from getting the proper amount of fruits and vegetables that you can only get from a proprietary blend made especially for you from balanceofnature.com. Go to balanceofnature.com, get the fruits and veggies, and get them 35% off with promo code LAURA, L-A-U-R-A. Balanceofnature.com, promo code LAURA. Back to the phone lines we go. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi there. Hi, how are you? I'm hanging in there, man. What's up? And much. I am I on the radio now? You are on the radio, so please don't drop any oh, f bombs on me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so what can I, what can I do for you? Hey, uh, I had some friends uh, that are close to you, and they suggested me getting on and talk about the three proposals in Michigan. Okay. Uh, I guess there was some conversation. Only somebody only knew about proposal three. Somebody um, catch the whole- Yeah, somebody called in specifically earlier about proposal three. They didn't talk about the other two. Okay. So what would you like to say? I mean, proposal three is bad. I, I think that was, I hope that was the consensus. I wasn't able to listen. Yes, to it that. was proposed. Yeah. They were voting against proposal three. Absolutely. Uh, because what it does is it's also got a provision in there for the kids to do anything at any age. They can get 
don't have to have consent with the parents and all that. Exactly. Yep. But that was their that was their the specific intention. Michigan does not completely outlaw abortion. In in cases of, of reasons I don't think anybody has any objection to, there is abortion allowed, but it has some oversight currently with the law we have in effect. Correct. But the big thing is, is Michigan has the most stringent uh, safety procedures required in any state almost for the safety of the procedure which uh, the, of course, the abortion clinics want to remove all that. Right. Okay. I yeah. just wanted to make nope. sure. That, yeah, those are all the, yeah, thing. those are all the main contentions of the caller earlier about that. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Proposal two, mm-hmm. uh, that's, it, it's called promote the vote. And what it is, is it kind of opens the door for outside corporations to come in and fund the elections, which I think we all know is disastrous, but that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. With no oversight of that budgetary money, also allows nine days early voting, which I think, I think the way our system set up is, is we have people that can challenge and come in, and and we all kind of gear ourselves around that one important day, right? And get it all done in one day. Well, they want to stretch it out for nine days, and I can only imagine why they want to stretch it out for nine. That's that's a big thing on there, but. Uh, it also um, it it allows no ID. Yeah, that's the thing no that no proof of ID. Yeah, no that's the thing that I had. No proof of anything, residency or nothing. Right. Yeah. Proposal two is a thing that I was looking at this, and even Fox did a whole write up on this on how it was deceptively worded and would effectively ban voter ID in the state of Michigan. And absolutely. Then all of the other issues that you mentioned, dragging it out nine days and that sort of thing, and we already know. That it's, you know, anywhere between like 45 to 55 percent ballpark is uh, most people just say about 50 percent more error and fraud rates with uh, absentee and mail in ballots. It's why it's Absolutely. banned in most of Europe. And so, I, look, I'm of the opinion and feel free to agree with me or not, Michael, but I'm of the opinion that maybe there's a certain political party that wants more errors, wants more fraud. And if you drag it out, it gives them more time to manipulate the calculations at the end of the day. Absolutely and agree. Okay. I agree 100%. All right. Yes. Yep. That's proposal two in a nutshell. Okay. So what about proposal yeah, one? I think, we, I think we can sum it up in one word. It's more room to cheat, but it's as simple as that. I'm yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah, the room to cheat proposal on, on two. Yeah. Okay. So what about number one? Proposal one, what proposal one does is it kind of nullifies. We had a governor angler in here, and he got term limits put in. And, of course, he was affected by that term limits because he could have probably stuck around for a couple more terms. He was a good governor, but is that my opinion? But uh, it, it puts term limits in here. What it does is, is – uh, there's a certain party that wasn't um, successful with that because they were limited to terms. Mm. So they want to open that back up again. Well, we just changed that law within the last 12 years. And the reason being, it was needed then. And we were solid in that thought that we needed it. And the legislators made a law for that. So now they're trying to bypass the legislators who their job is to make the laws in the state of Michigan bypass that by opening it up again. Now, just for That's anybody proposal one. Just for anybody out there who might be a little confused at what you're saying, Michael, um, this will change the term limits for state legislators from 
basically six years in the state house and eight years in the state senate to 12 years combined in the legislature so well it kind of is there now okay from what i understand they want to open it up to even more okay so you you would recommend Again, the wording on it is the wording on it is kind of a little uh, wonky uh, yes okay it's, it's misconceiving it, it, you know what I feel the legislators put a, a good law together for the the term limits, mm-hmm. and it's in place. They put some thought into it. They thought hard on it and what have you. We had good leadership at the time, led that process, supported that process, and what have you. And now this governor and, of course, a certain party wants to null and void that. So on proposal one, I guess a, a way that we could summarize that to make it easy is that if you support term limits, you will vote no on Proposal 1. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So if you support term limits, you will vote no on 1. If you you don't want elections to be easier to cheat, you will vote no on Prop 2. And if you don't want little children to be able to get an abortion whenever they want without mom and dad knowing about it, that would be a no on prop three. Yes. But it's not just abortions. They can get puberty blockers. Yeah. The other stuff too. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. And it removes all the regulatories at the same time, all the safeguards that are in place for that. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Three is, yeah. Three is a mess. Um, Okay. So basically your recommendation to people who would be on, on the, uh, center right to political right and and common sense people on the left who don't want their kids to do things without them knowing about it. Your recommendation is basically vote no on all Michigan props. Absolutely. All right. Cool, Michael. There you've been very doubt in my heart. You've been very helpful. I appreciate it. Anything else? Not a problem. That's all I have. That's the important thing right now. Of course, uh, Tudor Dixon, Christine Caramo, mm-hmm. and Matt Deferno. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Tudor and Christine. Chris, I've had both of them on. Christine's a, she's a trip, man. She's a spitfire. <laughs> she is. I, I testified with her in two Senate hearings because I'm uh, uh, I was a ballot auditor in okay. PCF. Yeah, I was there on November 3rd and 4th. I was there 14 hours. Wow. Uh, so I had to testify in front of the Senate. So I got to know Christine pretty good. She's a very intelligent person. So as She's a great person, she, no, she uh, was, she was awesome. I mean, her communication has been yeah. great. Of course, everybody knows that I was one of the first interview tutor when she was a long shot. And I'm so glad to see that my predictions were correct about her. But, um, Michael, as, as somebody who's been inside the machine and the system a little bit on the, the election level, I keep getting asked this question and it's like, does tutor actually have a chance though with Wayne County? And is it, you know, the polling shows that she clearly does. You know, you look at the momentum, she's clearly got the momentum right now. It appears to be that Tudor Dixon is a strong, likely winner in the gubernatorial race. But realistically speaking, with Wayne County being Wayne County, are the cards stacked against her? Well, I'll just say this. I'm a statistical kind of person. Michigan has 10.1 million population, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Wayne County accumulates for about 10%. Okay. So with that said, the odds are good. Okay. I also believe there's a lot of good people in Wayne County. I really do. There is some bad. I can't deny that either. But I also know and have faith that there's a lot of good people. And they want their children protected. 
They want enough of this nonsense being done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they know the deprement that this, this government has done to our state and our people. Um, you know, I want to put a big plug in, you know what I'm saying? Do you mind? Can I? Uh, as long as it's not for your OnlyFans, we should be good. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, let me just point out an important fact. Michigan has, has been brought to its knees more than once. And our big contri- contribution to this whole entire world is manufacturing. And what I don't understand, if we had a governor that was a true leader, mm-hmm. which we don't right now, she would have stepped up and said, you guys manufacture, figure out a way to supply this country with PPE. And you know something? I'm going to tell you what. 75% of Michigan would have stood up because it was for our country. It was for yeah, our safety. I believe that. Agreed? Yeah, 100%. She didn't. No, she, she didn't. She didn't do that because she had no respect for the people of this state. Zero respect. That's the type of person she is. You know, one of the things that I've seen, and you know, I, I picked up on it during the debate when when Whitmer said it, when Whitmer lied about school lockdowns and how long students were kept out of school, I saw a lot of people that were kind of leaning towards Whitmer who thought maybe she was just doing the best she could in a crisis or whatever, and they didn't know the details like like we know. But I saw a lot yeah. of people go, whoa, if she'll lie about that, what else is she lying about? Of course, today she's lying about the nursing homes again, which she's done in the past. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that is one of those cross-political lines things where you see Governor Whitmer go, I only kept kids out of school for three months, where every parent in that state goes, well, that's bull. I know that she lost a lot of votes there. They wanted to play sports. We had to fight and take her to court for that. Yeah, I I know that a lot of – she lost a lot of support there. Was it enough? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But um, Back to the proposals and that discussion, there's lawsuits that are in process right now for Prop 2 especially. Mm -hmm. And if Prop 2 passes, it gives her a free ride. She doesn't have to go to court, and it goes null and void. That's another uh, reason why I didn't know on Prop 2. Interesting. There's lawsuits right now on what happened in regards to the voting, and it what it does is it gives her and Benson a free pass. Yeah. I didn't know if that. I didn't know that state, part. The okay. voters agree. Uh, we took Zuckbucks, but it's not a law no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Do you understand? Is that clear? Yep. Very. Is that common sense clear? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Because – what that's why they pushed it and that was the whole uh, of course we know who backed uh benson and do you know that she moved here to this state four days before she handed, i did um, yeah we talked we've talked about that you know what state she came from does everyone know what state she came from what's that pennsylvania ah. she was a vice president of a serious organization How about in pennsylvania that? well and does everyone know who whitmer's father is no i don't know about her family Blue Cross CEO, the one that signed the Obamacare deal. No kidding. That's Whitmer's father. Didn't know that. No kid. Well, now I extra hate her. Huh? (laughs) Now I extra hate her. I didn't like her before, but now I really, really don't like her. So it's a complete mafia monopoly in the healthcare, and it's hurting us. And they're they're, all they're doing is you using the UAW workers. They're Mm. abusing them. And they got GM. Trust me, I, I did the accounting. I used to handle a billion yeah. dollars in budget. Well, and I'm going to tell you, it's a shell game that General Motors is doing with the UAW, the UAW workers, and it, it, it's just not right. And I know I had a large group of people working for me, and I know people work hard. Yeah, No one has to tell me. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially I, in I get, Michigan. No, I get it. Especially in Michigan. No, there's a there's a good culture there as as long as, you know, the government gets out of the way and lets people do what they're supposed to do. Hey, Michael, it's been a, a real joy chatting with you, man. I appreciate the call. God bless you, man. Right, you God too. God bless Michigan. Bye. Bye. Yeah, this is um I was my recommendation. I'm glad somebody called with more details on it. My recommendation was just to vote no on all three of them. So I'm glad that that we got that phone call too. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 4.36, and I'm not at all five minutes late. We got more coming up with Impress Jewelry. Well, we don't. Let me redo that. MNC News Time is 4.36. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. I do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. I can't wait for some of the stuff that I, I'm getting to, to go public. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. There's a lot happening, ladies and gentlemen, a lot. All right, uh, we are the day before the election, so I wanted to remind everybody of a couple of things. One, go to 953mnc.com and get your tickets to Noise. Lauren Southern, best-selling author, political commentarian. Commentarian. Jeez, Louise. What is wrong with me today? Is this? It, it really is Monday, right? Stop. Alyssa's laughing. She's doubled over laughing. What is wrong with me? Why can't I get my stuff together? <laughs> commentarian. <laughs> Lauren Southern, uh, political <laughs> political pundit and documentary filmmaker, combined like two words there, uh, documentary filmmaker is going to be coming to town, joining me and, and John and Laura on stage for Noise, November 19th at the Lerner Theater in Elkhart. Get your tickets today at 953mnc.com. Uh, I, I'm supposed to be well-rested today and tired Wednesday because tomorrow's the long day, right? This is not going to be a good week for me. So I'm just letting you know right off the get-go. Uh, I will be live streaming from the Rudy Victory Party, St. Joseph County Victory Party, tomorrow after the show. So I'll get done with the radio show. I'll be heading over there and setting up for a live stream over there. Uh, there should be cut-ins and things like that on 95.3 MNC's live election coverage tomorrow night with John and Laura and others. All right, uh, to the phone lines we go. Dan, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Yeah, hey, thanks for taking my call. And sure. uh, God, it is so hard being on hold, Casey. That Michigan guy, it, what a tough act to follow. Wow. But uh, 
Yeah, what I wanted to chime in on is, you know, back to the local politics. And thank you for the last time I talked to you about Kevin McGowan's endorsement. But uh, I'm actually going to be a poll worker tomorrow. And and I I just want to chime in and say that um, the Democratic Party is not mom and dad or or grandma and grandpa's party anymore. No, it's different. It's crazy. I'm pretty sure Ronald Reagan said, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. It left me. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with Tulsi uh, Gabbard, too. She's still a Democrat. Yeah, Yeah, I I know, but it's just, uh, and I never used to think this because I've been, you know, I'm an old fart and I've been around for a while and uh, I I never used to think this way. It was always I vote for the person and not the party. But mm-hmm. uh, my gosh, if ever there was a time to vote straight ticket, it's it's now. I I feel that with all my heart. You know, it's uh, I'm seeing a lot of that, and and I'm seeing it from people who are not traditionally partisan voters, and a lot of them are you know parents and things like that. What people to understand and this is important too like the whole defund the police thing the democrats trying to pretend that they didn't support you know minorities in america oppose that overwhelmingly like in the 80th to 90th percentile so that wasn't something that resonated with minority voters even though it was supposed to be billed as an issue of minority rights versus you know white oppression and that sort of thing but it didn't resonate with anybody um, nobody believes the whole denying the vote to minorities thing who's, you know, nobody who's serious anyway. Nobody believes that. It's not true. Uh, it's been right. debunked a million times. You can see the voter turnout with minority Americans at record levels. It's clearly not happening. It's a lie. They see that. Everything that they're they're pitching right now is, really, they have abortion and only abortion. You know, the only people that are going to be turning up to be voting for the Democrats right now are just hardliners who just will do whatever their tribe wants them to do. And then people who want abortion on demand no matter what and are kind of scared into it. Everybody else is apparently breaking the other way. And you are seeing an increasing number of Republican registrations. You're seeing a decreasing number of Democratic registrations. You're seeing an increasing number of people who are not aligned with either party, which may very well be where the future lies in this. Most Americans will probably just separate from either party. Um, and, And both parties will kind of have to catered towards a center that right now can decide the vote, but isn't necessarily always needed. So things are dramatically changing and maybe they're changing for the better. Maybe it's a short term thing. I I never like to predict that, Oh, this election, you know, this party's destroyed now. They can never recover because that's usually not true, but this is dramatically different this year than it has been in previous elections. Yeah, I agree. I I think, you know, the democratic, platform. I mean, they've gathered around and unified themselves so much that if we can learn anything that we should learn to, to you know, play by those same rules, because the, Dem- the Republican Party, it doesn't seem like they're as unified as the Democratic Party. We can see that. Yeah. Well, and it used to Just be the, in, in, it used to be the Democrats yeah. were a loose confederacy of special interests and they weren't really Good united. Point. And then they yep. kind of united under one banner, and now the Republicans are kind of in that position. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out in the future. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, we should have learned from that. Yep. I agree. You know, so. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, that's pretty much my main point okay. because, you know, tomorrow's a big day. So I just want to, you know, just to get out the vote, and people need to, you know, actually get out there and vote. There you go. All right, Dan, appreciate so. the call.
Thanks, Casey. You take care. All right, we're going to have more of your phone calls again. It's the day before the election, so feel free to give us a call if you want. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Let's talk about Southwest Vision. <clears throat> the one thing that does work on me right now is my vision. My eyesight seems to be pretty good. I'm seeing everything the way I'm supposed to see everything. I just can't talk or press the right buttons. But I'm seeing clearly, and that's because of Southwest Vision. Most of you know I had uh, dry eye syndrome. Wasn't really sure what was going on. Couldn't even open my eyes half the time. They were burning so bad. Tried all sorts of jo- uh, jobs. Drops. Tried all sorts of drops. They didn't work. Went to Southwest Vision Center. Was able to figure out that my eyes were producing the oils that were needed to lubricate your eyes, but they weren't producing high-quality oils. So it was kind of like that low-grade recycled oil that you should never put in your car that they tried to sell you at a discount when you go into the auto parts store. Don't ever buy that stuff. So we decided to start doing a treatment regimen with the appropriate drops, the appropriate supplementation. And I'm pleased to say that my dry syndrome is under control. Uh, it's producing high-quality oils and enough of them in my eyes for the most part, unless I have an allergy flare-up, are pretty darn good. I'm very happy very happy with the treatment that I've got. I trust my entire family's vision at Southwest Vision Center. Go to SWVisionCenter.com. SWVisionCenter.com. My listeners get big discounts over there. SWVisionCenter.com. Set up an appointment for Southwest Vision Center today. All right, back to the phone lines. Here we go. Everybody's laughing at me because I'm just messing up. Even during the commercial breaks, I'm messing up. Uh, Jerry, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi there. Hi. What's on your mind, um, ma'am? Um, I hear all this about Penn's school board, but I haven't heard much about Elkhart Community School Board. Okay. And I had—I don't know if I missed it, and you talked about it, but uh, yeah, we've had—we've had several of the candidates on. Um, we've had some Berrien County candidates on, has some Lakeshore candidates on, but you know, it's, yeah, it's a large area that I cover. So it probably didn't get the attention that a lot of people probably would have wanted. Um, so do you have any specific questions about like a candidate or you just want some general information? Well, I've been to the, you know, the ballot PDA, uh, and I've been trying to find stuff on the candidates, but okay. there's not much out there on the Elkhart people there isn't but there is some and now here's the thing there's a relatively new source that's local and they they cover a lot of the a lot of the area not all of the area but a lot of the area when it comes to the school board thing now here's the thing though when i send you to them they're going to have endorsements there they're not going to break down every candidate so just uh-huh. keep just keep that in mind uh but it is incalltoaction.com it's indiana call to action that's the name of the group. Um, they're good people. I actually do a lot of their events. I've been a speaker at some of their events. Um, I like the ladies over there. They're great. 
but incall2action.com. Okay. And I highly recommend you sign up for their email list because they do a lot of local events with special guest speakers and things like that that includes dinner and everything else. It's really it's a good outfit. And they've been the people who run it have been around for a while. It's just that this is kind of a new process with the website and everything else. So incall2action.com. Well, I'm amazed at how much the school board stuff has blown up this year. So am I. I'm still shocked by it. So it's it's crazy. Uh, I can tell you that we had Rod Homan on last week. He's running for uh, District B, and we had him on. Uh, we did not have Kelly Mullins on, and we haven't had Charles uh, Taylor on, but we did have Rod Homan, and those are the three that are being endorsed by Indiana Call to Action in Elkhart specifically in ECS. But you know, you, you get into you know the surrounding area, which is probably going to cover a lot of Elkhart anyway. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. All right. You take care. Have a good day. You too. All right. Uh, to the phone lines again. Angela, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. Thanks Hi. for having me. You bet. Um, you had a lot of our candidates on. I'm calling from We the Parents. Um, you've had a lot of, of our candidates on over the last several weeks, and we really appreciate all the support that you've given us. But I just wanted to put one last um, pitch out there, if I could, for our candidates. Sure. We've got um, over tw- we've got 25 candidates um, in 11 different districts in Berrien County now. Um, we just picked up um, Jonathan Anstrom from um, Edwardsburg. And um, so we've got one in Edwardsburg, one in Bridgman, two in Niles, two Buchanan, um, two in Lakeshore, two in St. Joe, two in Waterville, two in Berrien Springs, three in Coloma, um, four in New Buffalo, and four in Brandywine. Um, and so I just wanted to remind everybody, specifically with the school board races, um, make sure that you're voting for all open seats. It's not just, usually it's not just one candidate. There are usually several seats, at least two, that are up for um you know, for elections. So make sure you're not just voting, you know, one or two people, especially for those areas that have teams running together, um, similar to a lot of our areas. Yeah. And if you're going through that ballot real quick, it's easy to miss that. So I'm glad you brought that up. And and the website with all of the candidates is wetheparentsmi.org because you're in Michigan. And yeah, you guys have tons of candidates. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, we've had a lot of interest from, you know, outside surrounding areas outside of Berrien County, um, you know, reaching out to us asking for, you know, pro-parent, pro-family candidates in their areas too. So, um, you know, we're definitely trying to network with as many people as we can to try to make some positive change in our school boards. So we definitely appreciate your support and um, just encourage everybody to get out and vote tomorrow. And, you know, I mean, Regardless of the outcomes of everything, and I, I fully expect you to have a lot of success tomorrow, but regardless of those outcomes, I mean, you guys have started a movement. Uh, same thing with, with Save Our Schools on the Indiana side of the border. I mean, those movements, are they're going to be around for a long time. They're going to be resources that are valuable to voters and the community going forward, I think, indefinitely. So congratulations on all of that work Thank and you. all that effort. I know you're exhausted, but you're almost there. <laughs> you're almost there. We're you're so close. Ahead. <laughs> Best of luck with you and your oh. candidates, Angela. Thank you so much. Thanks, Casey. All right. You take care. All right. Believe it or not, one more hour to go.
How many live reads can I get through? How many mistakes can I make? Probably many on both counts, but that's okay because tomorrow's my long day. So it's okay if I screw up today, right, Alyssa? Got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And if you at all like what I do for this community and on this show, you will go to 953mnc.com and buy your tickets to Noise on November 19th at the Lerner Theater in Elkhart. And you will watch me and Lauren Southern do our thing on stage with John Zimney and Laura Smith also on stage with us, uh, acting as moderators and I'm telling you right now, this is just a great way for you to uh, come together, have a lot of like-minded people in the same room, good energy. We're hoping to be able to celebrate the election after this. I mean, it should be jubilant, and we'll be able to talk about things that are happening, not just in our community and in the country, but in the world. And Lauren Southern has been around the world covering these issues, including two of her most recent documentaries where you're dealing with everything that's happening at the southern border and the dangers of crossing the southern border and why people make that journey and the American policies that entice them to make that journey, which, of course, leads to our illegal immigration problem, to the issue with, you know, parts of our communities opposing police and hating them for just trying to keep the community safe and the people who are caught in the middle of the riots and law enforcement, the people who lost all of their worldly possessions and in riots for BLM and Antifa and that sort of stuff. You know, those are the types of films that she makes and more. She is a fantastic documentary filmmaker, and we are lucky to have her coming to our town. And so we hope that you'll go to 953mnc.com or thelearner.com and pick up your tickets for Noise November 19th at the Learner Theater. Look forward to seeing you all there, so make some noise. Back to the phone lines we go. We got Brian Jones. What's up, man? Hey, man, what's going on? Not much. Same old, same old. A lot of candidates calling today. How's things going? Things are going well. I just thought that since you were opening up the lines, I'd call in and get an 11th hour pitch to anybody that might be paying attention that hasn't made up their mind yet. There you go. Um, I think it was uh, Ben Dallas, who's a big fan of yours, and the other members of BAM. He he called up and he said, if you want parents to listen or be listened to, I should say, um, you and Andy and Matt were the guys to vote for in Penn. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're running on a uh, platform of education first, parents' rights, and trying to uh, keep politics out of the classroom. And if there's anybody out there that feels like they haven't been heard at a board meeting, uh, haven't had any uh, concerns adequately addressed uh, in the past couple of years, um, we're the guys that are going to change all that. So what's the last-minute pitch besides what I just asked you? I mean, this is this has obviously been very interesting race. I mean, you guys have got texting campaigns. You've got billboards. There's, you know, interviews with media. All of these things you don't see traditionally. You don't see with school board races. I mean, is this a one-time deal, or do you think this is a permanent change? 
Uh, I guess I don't know. I mean, you know, when we uh, when we get elected to the board, we'll have four years to kind of, I, I think, straighten things out and get uh, get the community back, you know, unified around being proud of their school board. Um, you know, I think probably what's happened over the last couple of years is people have just asked a whole bunch of questions. And I don't think school boards are are used to having having that kind of pressure and, and the way that they've dealt with it, I think has uh, created a lot of people to think that uh, there's a better solution, which is where we step in. And those are the people that we're representing. So if we do our jobs properly, uh, you know, there may be contended races or, or uh, contested races. I don't know if it will go to this level though. This, it is, it is, it is quite uh, contentious though, as you say, I mean, lots of stuff I never would have thought has gone down, uh, since I put my name on that petition at uh, the county city building, I guess three short months ago, feels like three years, but uh, it's, it's been a really, really good experience overall. Now, I mean, this is, this is a little too early, but given that you're now involved in the political process, you know, is this something that in the future down the line, you could see yourself continuing to be involved in, or is this strictly a school board thing? Uh, well, right now it's a school board thing. I mean, I, I tell everybody I've probably met along the way that, you know, two years ago when I first walked into a boardroom and, and made an address to the board, um, I never kind of thought it would get here. I mean, five months ago, I was still kind of on the fence about whether or not I should run for a seat. Um, I did it. Um, I'm going to need a, a little bit of downtime from campaigning before I uh, sure. make any decisions on anything yeah, like that. It's that. the first time I've done it. So. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I wish you the best of luck. You guys have been great. Um, I think everybody kind of knows where my allegiances lie with the the Penn race, but uh, I think you guys have done a really good job, all three of you, campaigning, making sure that people who had questions were were able to get answers from you instead of just go to my website and that sort of stuff. So I wish you the best of luck, and and it's going to be a very long day tomorrow, but I'm hoping that it comes out your way. It is, but it's going to be a great day. We're going to be going around to the polls and seeing people just like we've been doing the whole time, going door to door. We're just going to take that to the uh, to the voter line. So I appreciate your support as well, Casey. All right, and uh, yeah, man, thanks a lot. Take care. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is um, you know, like I said, you know, it, it I made it kind of clear earlier, just in case anybody was kind of curious about this. If you are one of the candidates running for school board right now and you oppose critical race theory. If you think the masking and and all of that was nonsense, and if you oppose mandatory vaccinations for COVID, if you are opposed to pornography and stuff and material that's not age appropriate being shown to your kids in class, you got my support. And everybody else doesn't. And I, I find it this bizarre twilight zone type world that we live in where we're sitting here actually debating whether or not age-inappropriate material should be shown to kids in a classroom and whether or not children should be taught that they are inherently disadvantaged because of the color of their skin or inherently advantaged because of the color of their skin, which can only divide people. It can't unite anybody. That we are at a point where we are actually debating that. And there is a side that says, yes, you should show graphic pornography to children yes you should teach them that they are disadvantaged or advantaged based on the color of their skin and anybody who disagrees with that is akin to a domestic terrorist it's just bizarre stuff that we are witnessing right now 
and hopefully, as we have seen in a lot of the special elections leading up to this this midterm tomorrow, where all of these school boards have been breaking towards the parents, they've been breaking towards the students, breaking towards the community and away from these radicals who are forcing this stuff upon your children in a classroom environment while they're captive audiences. I'm hoping that there is a normalizing effect after tomorrow where extremists running for school board kind of fade away. Parents are going to be paying much more attention to these school board races in the future. That school board candidates will be doing a lot more to tell everybody who they are and what they stand for going forward. Because this has been a sadly neglected field. And when you when you start going back through your Facebook memories like I've been doing and seeing all these old posts from 12 plus years ago talking about this issue and just pulling our hairs out that the voters aren't listening because they don't want to believe it's true to seeing what's happening now is insane. And specifically about, well, first of all, I'll just say this about everybody that is a school board candidate that I've had on this show. Do any of them seem like extremists or radicals or anything to you? Did any of them say anything that was profoundly offensive or crazy? You can go listen to all of the interviews. All you got to do is just go to my website, btmedia.news, click on podcast, search for interviews. Or if you're on a podcast host, you know, Anchor, FM, Spotify, uh, Google, Apple, Podbean, wherever you're getting your podcast from for my show. Just search for interview and listen to the school board candidates. Any of them sound like they're Antifa or BLM or any January 6th rioter or anything like that? Or do they just sound like normal people who are concerned about the direction of schools? It's actually crazy to listen to some of the things that have been said about them. It's okay to disagree with them. But when you're seeing the slanderous attacks upon parents and concerned members of the community who are like, yeah, I don't like the way that our schools are handled. And now that we have all of the evidence, all of the science on this, new study just came out over the weekend, shows that all of these COVID policies that were done by public schools did, didn't do anything to slow COVID down, didn't do anything to save anybody's lives, actually caused harm, didn't prevent harm. Uh, you know, As you see all of that stuff, you have to remember something because there's going to be some of you out there going, well, they did the best they could with the information they had. That's not true. Because they were told that their policies, they were given the science that their policies were not correct, that they were not following the science. They were actually in conflict with the science. And they chose to do it anyway. The CRT stuff, you know, all of that, you add on to it, the pornography stuff, it's, it's all tied together in either ineptness or some form of agenda. And at the end of the day, all Americans should really want their kids to be getting one thing and one thing only in school. And that is a quality education on the basics. And if you've got students who are in advanced areas, you know, you hope that they're getting advanced education in those basics. It shouldn't be a social 
shouldn't be a social construct or a brainwashing operation or anything like that. If you leave kids alone, it's amazing how they don't develop into bigots. You don't need to point that stuff out. We got to a point where this country was healing very, very well. And we have just decided, nope, there's no money in that. There's no political power in people getting along and not hating each other. So we got to rip them apart. And anybody who doesn't want to rip them apart is labeled as an extremist or a terrorist or what have you. Look at the things that are being said about normal people just like you, just like me, who are parents or grandparents with kids who are in the district or were in the district that they're running for these school board seats. Just look at what they're saying, talking about education, supporting teachers, you know, academics, you know, returning to excellence for a lot of their, their arguments. And then look at the things that are being said about them. Oh, they're radicals. Oh, they're extremists. They, they're trying to kill your kids. They're racist. They're this. They're that. It, just look at it. Don't vote for a feral, foaming-at-the-mouth idiot. Just vote for a parent. Vote for a member of the community who just wants what's best for kids and make sure the curriculum is on par with what is needed in the state of Indiana. It isn't that difficult. It really isn't. You got one side that's conducting themselves in a lot of these school board races with dignity and honor, transparency, and you have another side who is steeped in weird financial transactions amongst each other, secret board meetings that or committee meetings that violate state law, all of these other just weird things, and there's just vile, venomous, aggressive personal ad hominem attacks on their opponents. It seems pretty crystal clear to me. I also got to tell you about Warren Chiropractic. Went to uh, Warren Chiropractic today. By the way, ran into, I was actually late getting back to my first job today because I ran into so many of you there. And a lot of you came up, had some very nice things to say to me. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, but I was at Warren Chiropractic today getting my my routine weekly adjustment on that. And, you know, I noticed that when I got back to work, I've been having an issue with my shoulders rolling forward. And it's because of the nature of what I'm doing. I kind of hunched over a little bit more than, than normal and was able to walk right back into the building. It's weird. My posture was so much better after my adjustments and my treatment today at Warren Chiropractic. And there's so much more than just a snap, crackle, and pop clinic. You've heard me say this a million times. While I was there, there was two people in there getting decompression therapy and I know my wife had decompression therapy. I've had it. I've had the laser therapy. It does wonders for, for my jaw and for my shoulder when I have my, my laser therapy. It is so much more than just a regular chiropractic office where you go in, they, they twist you up, they get some cracks, and then they send you on your way. That's not what they do at Warren Chiropractic. When you get to the, the final phase where you're just maintenance like I am, yeah, that a lot of it can look like that. But then if I have an issue that pops up, they go into the other stuff. My spine is 92% straighter than it used to be. And I owe that to the whole team at Warren Chiropractic and everything that they've been able to do for me. If you are struggling with neck and back pain, stop waiting. Go to warrenchiro.com, warrenchiro.com. Click on the new patient tab, set up a consultation. Do me a favor. Please let Warren Chiropractic know that I sent you. we got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. We can do it. We can get, we got half an hour to go. We can do this. Okay. We can. All right. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> how is it this bad? It's only Monday. I don't know what's wrong with us, folks. People are pointing out the weird, you know, thing that like I work 18 hours a day and that's the reason that I'm having issues today. Okay. Maybe with your sense and logic. All right, to the phone lines we go. Stacy, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? I am hanging in there. What's on your mind? Good. I'm Stacy McDowell, and I'm running for Concord School Board in District 2. Okay. And I just wanted an opportunity to make my last pitch to the constituents in my district. Sure. Um, you know, a vote for me is a vote for parental rights or academic-based curriculum to leave ideologies out of the classroom for prudent use of taxpayer dollars. We've had a referendum in place the last eight years, and we've continued to have a decline in our academic scores. Um, so I would like more information on that, and I plan to find out if people vote me in. Now, do you have a website or something that people can learn more about your campaign? Sure. I am on Facebook um, at Stacy McDowell for Concord School Board. You Perfect. can find me there. Perfect. Stacy, I, I appreciate it. Is there anything else that you want to say before we let you go? No. I mean, I'm pretty typical, I think. I was um, a parent who was involved in education, but not directly involved in the school. But I was making mm. sure my kids did their homework. And, you know, I've had some struggles with my youngest son that led me to where I'm at today. So I'm coming from a place of being a parent yeah. um, and an involved community member. And so I plan to listen to parents and advocate for them on what they think should happen within our district. Was there so, one particular issue that kind of motivated you to run? Well, um, my son really was having some academic problems in the school, and I had met with the administrator of his elementary school three times and got no assistance. And mm. he ended third grade at a failing rate, and I asked to hold him back, and they wouldn't hold him back. Um, in the end, I ended up hiring a private um, intensive reading program to get him where he needed to be. And that was on my own time and my own money. And we paid for all the academic testing. They wouldn't even review the testing that I gave them. Um, he had an IEP that they didn't want to help me update. And it just, it was very adversarial and not a partnership. And yeah. so I don't want that for anybody else. I can't be the only parent struggling. So I want to. I want to build a better relationship with the teachers and the administration. Well, Stacy, I'll tell you what, I, I wish you the best. You said McDowell? McDowell, yep. Okay. M-C-D-O-W-E-L-L. Stacy, best of luck in the campaign tomorrow, and thank you so much for calling in. All right. Thanks, Stacy. Right. Have a good one. You too. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those, it's frustrating if you're a parent and you're not getting help from the school. 
Uh, we have not had that issue in private school, thank God. But not everybody can do that, and I understand that. It's not always, uh, it's not always a, a you know a possible choice. Even if the money is there, sometimes it's the time and everything else involved. Hey, I got to tell you about Impress Jewelry Creations. I've been talking a lot about their tennis necklaces lately. These are absolutely stunning. And if you ask me, they're must-see in person at their store. And they are made with the highest grade and color diamonds that you can get. But here's the catch. It's not really a catch, but here's the inside track on this. These are lab-grown real diamonds. So they're grown in a lab at an accelerated rate. These are not imitation diamonds. These are real diamonds. They're just not mined from the earth. So you don't have to worry about... You know, any issues with the humanitarian stuff, with mining, even though Impress Jewelry Creations avoids that anyway. But these are grown in a lab, which means you get the best color, the best clarity, the highest grade diamonds that you can get. But they're about half price. So you can give that special someone this beautiful tennis necklace with the most brilliant stones at half the price at Impress Jewelry Creations. Go to ImpressJewelers.com to learn more from their website. And once again, Impress Jewelry Creations is located in University Plaza in Granger, Indiana. Let them know that I sent you. Got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. Uh, we have got to talk about X-Fog. So if you wear safety glasses or goggles for recreational or for work or hobby purposes, you probably have run into the issue of your lenses fogging up. And that's annoying. And it's also a safety hazard in many environments. So if you're working in a particularly dangerous environment at your warehouse or in your shop or what have you, and you're constantly having to take your lenses off to wipe the fog, bless you, to wipe the fog away. Or if somebody is sneezing on your safety glasses and you have to constantly wipe the fog away. I recommend X-Fog. You don't have to worry about it because it will get rid of that fog. No chemicals, nothing that's going to irritate the eyes. No having to take your safety wear off and exposing your eyes to all of the dangers in the shop. You don't have to worry about that. Okay, Because you know Murphy's Law. The moment you take the safety glasses off, that's when something's going to get you in your eye. And that's actually what happens. The tune of hundreds of millions of dollars a year. So don't take the risk. Protect your eyes. Protect your eyesight. And alleviate the annoyances of constantly having to deal with fogged up lenses. Go to xfog.com. E-X-F-O-G.com. Use promo code Casey and you will save 10%. Okay. Lots to get to today. Um, we're... Not going to have any time to get to any of it because I opened it up to all of you. But there is a lot to get to, just letting you know. So let's let's roll through a couple of things here. Gretchen Whitmer is once again lying about not sending. She says that I didn't send sick people into retirement homes. Yes, she did via executive order. She's lied about this in the past. I actually did um, many, I mean, many, tons of stories on this, but 
When was this? There was at one point in time, because she's been called to testify before federal Congress. She's been called to testify before the legislature in her state. She has rebuffed all of them. Uh, the Attorney General, Dana Nessel, is also up for re-election. You should vote against her. Uh, she said it would be an abuse of her powers to grant a GOP request for an investigation into the handling of nursing homes. There is a study that came out in Michigan that said over well, at least 30 percent, should say at least 30 because maybe not over, at least 30 percent of the COVID deaths in the state of Michigan were preventable COVID deaths from retirement homes. So what do you think about that? The number of dead people in Michigan could be 30 percent lower if not for Gretchen Whitmer. Just think about that stuff. A Pulitzer Prize winning journalist actually sued Gretchen Whitmer over the nursing home death data, which Gretchen Whitmer was hiding from everybody. And of course, her own administration exonerated her from hiding it, even though it was illegal at the time. You remember when this whole this all happened and it really started you know, gathering steam when we found out that she was doing it. And then Gretchen Whitmer told everybody, I'm not the one who ordered you know, senior, uh, COVID positive people into senior citizen living facilities. I didn't do that. That was my health director. And then we had a FOIA request for emails and we got the emails and it turns out that Gretchen Whitmer, it was her idea. Gretchen Whitmer came up with the idea. Gretchen Whitmer's the one who did it. Wasn't anybody else. It was purely her. It was executive order that did it. The other thing is now where is uh, Democrats turned on her? What? When did I cover this story here? May of 2020. In May of 2020, Democrats started to turn on Gretchen Whitmer for putting COVID patients in nursing homes. In May of 2020, State Representative Leslie Love, Democrat of Detroit, is flabbergasted over Whitmer's order to send coronavirus patients into nursing homes, which has resulted in an untold number of unnecessary deaths by putting the most vulnerable population at needless risk. Friendly reminder, the CDC at that time and the World Health Organization were both telling you not to put COVID-positive people around senior citizens. Quote, this is Leslie Love, Democrat of Detroit. To return seniors into an environment, seniors with the virus still recovering from the virus, into an environment with, well, seniors just didn't seem, it it does not, it's not a good idea, Love said. Yeah. Let's not forget that when they tried to stop senior citizen facilities being used for COVID patients, Gretchen Whitmer's administration fought against it. Now Gretchen Whitmer's out there telling you, uh, we didn't do that. I didn't do that. What are you talking about? This is the same Gretchen Whitmer who told you she only kept her kid out of school in Michigan for three months. She's a liar. She's the same person who hid for over two years that there was a lead poisoning problem with the water supply of primarily minority Benton Harbor. Gretchen Whitmer and her administration are probably the worst state administration that I have ever seen. And frankly, that says a lot. And I'm not just talking about like ineptitude. I'm talking about just pointed, deliberate awfulness. Everything about them is bad. There is no redeeming, no positive qualities with the Whitmer administration. Now, if you're a union person, let's not forget that Gretchen Whitmer has had many battles with the unions as well, particularly in, are you ready for this? Shocker, nursing homes. This is, um, she's no friend to your traditional parties on the left. She's an enemy of people on the right. She's made herself that. 
She's chosen to treat them as the enemy. She has repeatedly, with regularity, been caught lying bald-faced to the the public and the voters in her state. How many scandals where we ended up getting FOIAs for her emails where we found out that Governor Whitmer was lying to everybody about things that she was saying? Do not trust her. Do not trust Dana Nessel, who has made her career about saying really stupid things, getting drunk at football games when she's the top law enforcement entity in the state of Michigan. Nothing wrong with throwing back a beer. I don't even think there's anything wrong with you getting a little too sauced when you go to a college uh, football game. The problem is that she's the attorney general of the state of Michigan. And she had to be carried to her car. I'm hoping she didn't drive home. But she had to be carried to her car. She was so lit. And then she forced her security detail to sign a non-disclosure agreement so nobody would know about it until later. But then, (laughs) yeah, but then there's Democrat state House candidate Heidi Bidinger. I'm going to talk about Heidi Bidinger coming up. Just a couple of minutes, 95.3 MNC. Uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of this race, <laughs> it's interesting. We'll get to it here in a second. I got to tell you about Nutrition HQ, though. Uh, make sure you go to Nutrition HQ. Mention me. Again, they are your energy drink headquarters. We talk about it a lot on the show, but they have, you know, fantastic stuff. Uh, you just had one of their proteins for the very first time, not that long ago. Alyssa did, and she loved it. It was fantastic. I do keep one of their proteins here in the studio. If you need more protein, if you need a fat burner, if you're looking for a mood enhancer with fat burning like TB16, their best-selling product, it's all available and so much more at Nutrition HQ, 5804 Grape Road in Mishawaka. Make sure you let them know that I sent you. You get big discounts for doing that. All right, so Heidi Bidinger is running against incumbent Dale Devon, Republican, for District 5, and uh, her communications director is all over social media hoping that COVID killed enough Republicans that they can actually take the district. I've been thinking and saying this for the last two years. It feels gross to say, but it's possible enough. Ours died from COVID to really change the totals in the district level in red states and red areas. And she's got several posts like that. So that's nice to know that Heidi, Heidi Bidinger, her comms director, is fantasizing about Republicans dying. 